Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Broadway fans, we said from the very beginning that this was going to be a crazy year without mega juggernaut frontrunners and major surprises and snubs and omissions were going to happen. The Tony nominations were announced today, and they did not disappoint on that front. I'm Sam Ekman, and joining me is David Buchanan. And David, I think we're going to start with, uh, in terms of our reactions, best play, because that's where my jaw hit the floor (laughs) right at the start of of nominations this morning. And the big deal here is that To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Aaron Sorkin's adaptation, which has been a huge hit, is not included. The nominees are Choir Boy, Ferryman, Gary, Inc., and what the Constitution means to me. So why do you, why do you think To Kill a Mockingbird missed the cut? Shocking, first of all. Like, <laughs> genuinely shocking. Um, I don't know. We had talked about uh, during our kind of predictions of the nominations that the controversy surrounding the play might keep it from winning. Um, we had kind of a neck-and-neck race between that and Ferryman, although I think both of us had Ferryman out front to win from the nomination period. But... Um, I don't know if it was actually all of the controversy surrounding the play that kind of kept people back from giving it a nomination in the top category because they loved it everywhere else. It has the same number of nominations as Ferryman um, without that key best play nomination. So I don't really know what to make of the snub because they seem to like everything else about it. How yeah, about you? I, I don't buy the controversy aspect. One, because it was centered around Scott Rudin. Yeah. And there's a few factors with that. One, he already has other nominations in this category, like he's the lead producer on Gary. Gary. He works with everyone because he produces everything on Broadway. So I don't know that every all the voters kind of snubbed him in that sense. Yeah. I think it had more to do with the fact that this is a really stacked year of plays, uh, whereas we don't always get that kind of year. And I think people maybe felt that this was safe, yeah. whereas things like Choir Boy or Gary or What the Constitution Means to Me, those are from you know, there's a home field advantage, I think, at the Tonys that is very strong. And those are people who not just necessarily on Broadway because they're Broadway debuts, but they are, you know, huge theater names. Like Taylor Mac is a legend, like radical theater figure. And so they want to say that person has a unique voice, a unique style, and it's our, that's our people. And we're going to make sure that they're here. And so I think maybe voters thought, well, everyone's doing To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm going to make sure that you know Heidi Shrek is in. I'm making sure Taylor Shrek is a t- uh, sorry Taylor Mac is a Tony nominee, and making yeah. sure Taylor Alvin McCraney is a Tony nominee. 
Um, yeah. I, I think that's more what happened. Yeah, I think you're right on that because the other, I, I mean, not nearly a shocking omission and I had it in, but just barely was Network. And Network mm -hmm. and Mockingbird are both adaptations and very, I know Mo Mockingbird kind of, you know, has to work to make uh, the novel work on stage, but both very, um, I don't know if safe is the right word, but you can see how it was adapted to the stage in a conventional manner. Yeah. Um, and you're right, the, the ones that got in, I mean, you can say many things about Gary, but it sure ain't conventional. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's a great point that they were really looking to innovation, uh, especially in this top category. Yeah, and we should also point out that this category for best play, we don't have any kind of best script or best playwright category, which we yeah. should, Tony voters, totally. make that category. But so we're honoring the producer and the uh, and the author. And in this case, I think we really saw the playwright was key here for nominations because network, mm -hmm. I was going back and forth between putting in network and choir boy in my last slide. Same. But when I thought of it's going to get Cranston, it's going to get all the design nominations. It got director, which I thought it yeah. could get for Evo because they love him. So I was like, well, then if it's getting all that, which it did, it should obviously be in best play. But they didn't. They liked how it was presented, um, but clearly the script was was a huge factor with Best Play. Yeah. Um, and I, I think uh, either way, I mean, it was a great year for plays, so I think it's an amazing lineup. I think The Ferryman, with its huge tally, uh, is out front. I think there might be a, a chance for what the Constitution means to me to pull an upset just because of how timely it is and and what a kind of like little engine that could underdog it yeah. is, but I think the ferryman is out front. I agree. Uh, I'm thrilled that that got into play and I'm thrilled that Heidi got into actress. Um, and that's unusual in the sense that sometimes they give like the Pulitzer finalist or the one that's on Broadway when the Pulitzer announcement comes out, they give it the best play nomination and sometimes nothing else. So I'm thrilled that she's in actress, um, but it might not win because the Pulitzer finalist or winner doesn't always go on to win best play. Mm -hmm. So I think Ferryman is still out front. Well, let's move over to revivable play where there must have been a tie for the fourth slot because we had five uh, nominees here and there were not more than nine candidates. So yeah. we have All My Sons, The Boys in the Band, Burn This, Torch Song, and The Waverly Gallery. Um, it's an interesting one. We have, you know, King Lear and True West were the only two that were snubbed. Uh, I, I'm curious, I think it's between All My Sons and the Waverly Gallery. I feel like we've seen this so many times where there's a heavily praised show that, but it closed forever ago and the one that's still open wins. So I, I'm giving it a slight edge to All My Sons, but I'm very happy that, you know, things like Torch Song and Boys in the Band were, were um, recognized. I put both, I made sure both of those were in my nominations. Um, yeah, I left out Boys in the Band from my four, and it was a really tough choice between that and Torch Song, and I went with Torch Song. So when they were reading them in alphabetical order and they said Boys in the Band, I was really upset that I, thrilled for the show, really upset that I made the wrong choice, um, but was thrilled that they managed to get both of them in, because um, it is a really stellar lineup of best revivals. Um, I, I, kind of see your reasoning on All My Sons and I'm there with you. Although sometimes like I, it was a season or two ago when Manhattan Theater Club had Jitney and Little Foxes running. Mm -hmm. um, Little Foxes was still running, but lost to Jitney. So yeah. there, there could be a way, and you know, I don't, they both did fairly well in nominations, Waverly and um, All My Sons. Uh, 
And I don't think either of them got the key nomination that would say, okay, this one's out front because it's in, let's say, Best Direction. Neither of them got oh, it. Well, so, we should say that because the director nominees for plays uh, are all from new works. They did not yeah. put any of the revivals in there. And the revivals as well for all the design categories, Clint Ramos is the only designer from a play revival nominated for his costume design at Torch mm. Song. Everything else is all about the new plays this season. Yeah. Uh, so this is a huge, it's a big race for best play revival. Uh, Definitely. I, I would say it's wide open. Yeah, agreed. But I think those two are the, the two that are out front. Um, but it could be. I mean, Boys in the Band not only got into Revival, but also got a featured actor nomination. So mm -hmm. they didn't forget about it. It's as much maybe in contention as the others, even though that one, I mean, you have to go way back to last summer when it closed. Mm -hmm. So, Well, let's talk about acting. I am I'm patting myself on the back because I thought lead actor, every time I went to a show this season, I was like, oh, that's a Tony winning acting performance. That's a Tony yeah. winning lead actor performance. It was so... Uh, so crazy and i got all five of these people right same um, actually yeah so Shocking. but the thing is we've been saying that it's probably a race between cranston and jeff daniels however both of their plays were snubbed in yeah. uh in best play so i'm wondering does someone else does that pave the way for jeremy pope to like for them to crown him as the next star a uh, big broadway star or can adam driver come from behind or patty considine if you know the ferryman is going to win best play yeah i don't know what to do um in terms of picking a winner here uh and i just have to say too i'm really surprised with actress they had an extra slot and considering how stacked this category was um, i'm surprised that like nathan lane isn't here considering mm -hmm. all the love for gary um or tracy letts um there were so many people vying for that last slot i'm surprised they they didn't have like a statistical tie yeah. um i, I don't really expect that one to have a tie in it that's yeah. where i expected them to expand agreed um i don't know what to make of it i think given that both network and mockingbird are not in contention for best play maybe it equalizes the fact that one is not above the other i could still see cranston or daniels taking it even though play isn't uh, neither of those works are in the running for the top category, but I think it is a lot more wide open than we were thinking it was originally if mm -hmm. both of them were in the running. Um, I could see Patty winning. I could see Jeremy Pope winning. Um, I don't know. Who do you have out front? I have Daniels, but I think, you know, okay. between Jeff Daniels or Brian Cranston, if yeah. any of them wants to like campaign and put their pedal to the metal, because like I, I think the To Kill a Mockingbird team could kind of turn their play snub into mm. a, a sympathy vote. And Jeff Daniels doesn't have a Tony yet. Brian yeah. Cranston does. Uh, yeah. So I think they can make something out of that. I, I don't think it's a done deal by any means. It's going to be very competitive. But right now I have Jeff Daniels. OK, yeah, I think uh, that's, that sounds right at this moment in the race. And for lead actress, the other big omission was Glenda Jackson for King Lear. Whoa. Even with, even with six, uh, they expanded six uh, slots and with a tie, she couldn't get in. They had Janet McTeer, who we could have seen coming because she got the Drama League uh, mm -hmm. nomination. But who do you have out front for that now that there's six ladies vying? I have had Elaine May out front in my nominations, just because I thought, I mean, originally when we didn't know what Lear and Hillary and Clinton was gonna look like, I thought it might be um, between Metcalf and Jackson with May as a spoiler, but I'm definitely now 
not convinced, but I feel pretty strongly that Elaine May could take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have her out front for now. Um, who do you have? I also have Elaine May, okay. but I just have a sinking suspicion that someone could come and steal that for her because yeah. it's closed and because she is not going to come you know, to events and campaign. Like, I don't no. think that she really <laughs> no. bothers with that. And, and in that sense, I think there's there's just a lot of goodwill for what the Constitution means to me. Yeah. Um, people really are responding to this, and Heidi Schreck could be a way that they recognize it if it's not going to win best play. This is the only chance they have to do so. Um, and Annette Benning, I, I think if all my sons, you know, that could be one place where that's rewarded and it's yeah. still open. But I, I'm nervous about, you know, Heidi Schreck could come out of the blue and take yeah. down all these big stars. So no, so underperformance for Hillary, are we just taking uh, two-time <sighs> reigning champ Lori Metcalf out of the conversation? Well, she's the sole nominee, which yeah. I was scared would happen um, because she really dominates it. So it put John Lithgow at a disadvantage being a lead actor. And it's it's a great play, but the production is a bit more, um, you know, streamlined and minimalist. So that takes it out of contention for a lot of the design categories. So it's down to Laurie, basically. And the fact that she won two years in a row, I don't know. There's a lot of exciting performances here that I don't know yeah. that they're going to give her a third win in a row would be unprecedented. She's got Virginia Woolf next season. So I right. think she'll uh, get another one. She's, um, <laughs> she's fine. She's fine. And in the featured categories, Gary overperformed that the last second they deemed Christine Nielsen featured along with Julie White, they both got in. I think that narrative of taking over the, taking over the characters at the last minute really helped them. But I see this as, um, I see this as Celia Keenan-Bolger versus Fianula Flanagan. For I agree. Um, Fianula is no longer in the show, but actually I think she she's a smart, uh, smart uh, decision there to extend her contract because she was the mm. one core original cast member who stayed with the show longer. And then she extended till I think yesterday or today was her last day. Okay. So she gave voters a lot of time to go see her. Yeah. Uh, even though the original cast is gone. But I think Celia just is a favorite she's been cited by every precursor she mm. um, is just very respected and and she's kind of earned her dues so i think that might be hers to take yeah i love all of the um performances in this category i think i was thrilled that both of the gary actresses got in um and also ruth wilson as the sole nominee for king lear although i did like linda jackson ruth was very deserving of that nomination so i'm glad that she's in there um, I think it's going to be Celia too. Although, if they want to give an acting trophy to Ferryman, I think this might be the category where they do it. Um, yeah. So that's my concern, um, and kind of my hesitation about really wholeheartedly saying Celia's got this in the bag because I, I think mm-hmm. this they could award Ferryman here, um, and that I, I could definitely see that happening. Because she has, Fiona has that huge act two monologue that yeah. she has to dominate the whole thing by herself. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a race. But, and then if we move to featured actor in a play, we had some surprises here. I was, I hesitated so much because I had Benga Akinagbe from To Kill a Mockingbird in my fifth place slot. Mm. And I was very nervous because I think it's, he does a great performance, but there's, it's like, 
missing that one moment where he really explodes emotionally that they kind of give to other characters. And I was like, do I put Gideon Glick in over him? And I didn't, mm. and I should have because Gideon was the To Kill a Mockingbird uh, actor nominated there. Yeah. And we also had Robin De Jesus, who yeah, one actor from The Boys in the Band uh, to get in. Thrilled that he's there, not thrilled that I took him out of my prediction lineup <laughs> last night. Um, really regretting that. Um, yeah, I don't know quite who I would say is out front in this category. I might put Bertie Carvel just based on the reviews that he received for the performance, but uh, I'm not so sure. How about you? This one is kind of up in the air. I have Bertie yeah. Carvel right now yeah. because they loved Ink. It's a great play, and it's a great play in all fronts, performance-wise, design-wise, the script. Um, and he has a great like character role. He's a very physical performer. Um, he plays, you know, he's Murdoch, so he's like this sneering villain that, um, but you also get an insight into him. He's not just a caricature. Right. But I also think Brandon Aranowitz from Burn This, mm. um, I don't think that's going to win Best Revival, but he's an actor who has been nominated before. He is loved every time he comes on stage and he gets a very scene-stealing part that is both comedic and has a lot of heart to it. Um, yeah. And Benjamin Walker in All My Sons, I think people have been waiting for a long time for him to get a nomination. We thought it might happen for Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson or American Psycho, but here we are, he finally gets one for a play. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge part. So uh, it really seems like a huge race. I'm not sure that could shift a lot of ways as these featured categories do. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I have Walker in second. And if All My Sons does pull ahead in the race for revival, I think uh, he could definitely uh, win that category. All right, well, let's switch over to musicals because we still have so much to talk about. Best musical, the big one I think that missed was Be More Chill, um, yeah. which we got for best musical. We got Ain't Too Proud. Beetlejuice, Hades Town, The Prom, and Tootsie. I think Hades Town is way out front to win. Um, I'm surprised that I, I was surprised to not see Be More Chill because it's an original piece of a musical theater. But yeah. you know, as I said before, it really has captured that young audience in a way. You know, the parallel I saw to it was uh, Title of Show which mm. performed very similarly. Be More Chill only got best score, title of show only got best book because young people went crazy over it. Mm. Young people are not Tony voters, no. That's not their demographic. And no. as we've seen time and time again, those voters don't look outside themselves to say, you know, I'll vote for something that's not my cup of tea. Um, they vote mm. for whatever they respond to. So I have Hadestown taking it. I, I think there is a challenge from probably Tootsie or maybe the prom, but what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I think Hades Town is out front too, although it didn't kind of sweep the categories that I thought it would. Like I was looking to lead actor to see if it would get um, Reeve Carney in as kind of an indicator that it just kind of would blow that through was everything. The only thing it missed, wasn't it? I, I know, but um, yeah, so that I was, I, I was saying, okay, couldn't get him in, but it has 14 nominations. It's the most of any show. Um, and I think it is pretty solidly out front because I don't see, I mean, Ain't Too Proud way overperformed in my estimation. I did not think it was going to mm -hmm. do as well as it did, especially like, I, you know, there were some actors in contention that definitely landed, but to see it in director, um, I was really surprised. Um, but I don't know, that is the second total um, number of nominations, but I don't think that 
is kind of nipping at the heels of Hades Town for best musical. No, I think Ain't Too Proud is just very polished. It's yeah. very slick. It's very entertaining. Yeah. I don't think it will win best musical. I just don't think they're going to give a jukebox musical best musical anytime soon, especially when they have other options. Yeah, uh, agreed. But it is a very entertaining show, and it could pick up some other things. Yeah. For the other top top award, we just have the two contenders, Oklahoma and Kiss Me Kate. Um, I don't know that Kiss Me Kate is going to go home empty-handed. I could see it getting the choreography win. Yeah. But I think Oklahoma, especially with that landing a director nomination for mm -hmm. Daniel Fish, is the talk. You know, that's the big buzzy show, and that's going to take revival. Yeah, I thought um, we had kind of talked about it being neck and neck before the nominations. Um, but I thought Kiss Me Kate quite underperformed based on how I thought it was going to do. Uh, didn't get into Best Actor, Featured Actor, Featured Actress. I thought it might get into all of those. Um, so with only four nominations, I think Oklahoma is definitely pulling um, pulling out front. Although that missed, I was really surprised that um, Rebecca Naomi Jones missed. Me too, um, yeah. yeah. Um, because I thought Caitlin Kinnanen replaced her basically in the yeah. assumed lineup. And I was worried about Caitlin because she has her co-star also in it, who has this big, you know, scene chewy role. Right. Level. So I thought Beth Level is going to eat up all the attention like she eats up all the stage. So she wasn't going to get <laughs> in. Um, but they often like to sort of crown a young performer um, yeah. as this great new newcomer to watch. And I think Caitlin fits that mold yeah. there. I still have Stephanie J. Block out front, even though, mm. I don't know, Beth Level could take it. That might, I feel like Beth Level could be the one place they would reward the prom. So maybe yeah. that is an indicator that she could be pulling ahead there. What do you have? Yeah, I have Stephanie J. Block a bit by default, just in, in the sense that I don't see where else they could possibly go. Um, I mean, Share Show didn't do that well, but it didn't do, it didn't, you know, it kind of performed as well as we thought it might. Um, she has a narrative and she gives a great performance. So um, I think she's out front and I really just, I guess Beth is, is in second, but I don't know. I, I don't see, I don't really see much of an alternative choice. Yeah. Unless, pull, unless if Town is the big juggernaut, they could just check off Ava Nobles out his name. Mm. I don't know that um, her character has as much going on as yeah. some of the other ones. Um, because there is the element of the myth uh, and the archetypes of the myth, but she is giving an incredible vocal performance and they could yeah. just uh, check her off there as well. Um, I think for leading actor, which is where Reeve Carney, the one Hades Town person to miss, uh, which yeah. I feel bad for him. He's like the only person in the production. I know. Miss the nomination. Um, and I didn't, uh, we were talking last night, what happens behind the scenes that everyone at home doesn't know is Dave and I text each other panicking for <laughs> nominations. And I was very glad that I kept uh, Derek Baskin in for being too proud. Um, but I didn't yeah. pull the trigger on putting Alex Brightman in. No. Will Chase, but I think he has a very, uh, you know, a very physical um, character that is very dominant on that stage. But I yeah. think the lead actor award is still Santino Fontana. Agreed. Yeah, Tootsie did really well. It's his show in many ways, even though it got a lot of, like it overperformed in the feature categories, which I was happy to see. But yeah, unless something really significant shifts in the narratives over the next few weeks, I really think uh, Santino's got it um, pretty locked up. And 
Well, let's talk about his co-stars then and featured actress. Two of them managed to get in for Lily Cooper, Sarah Stiles, and then we have uh, Amber Gray, Ali Stroker, and Mary Testa. Yeah. I think I was very shocked um, that Leslie Kritzer didn't get in from Beetlejuice mm. because she had done well in the nominations. And I've been pulling for Bonnie Milligan because I just still think she gave one of the best performances this season in Head Over Heels, but they clearly didn't care for Head Over Heels, um, yeah. despite her precursors as well. But I think this is going to come down to Ali Stroker and uh, Amber Gray. I don't know how anyone, the rest of them are amazing. I don't know how anyone else wins. Yeah, um, I think Amber Gray is out front. I think Town is probably out front in both of the featured categories here. Although um, in featured actor, having two may be a complication. Um, sometimes vote splitting is a real thing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's either Amber Gray or Ali. Um, and I have Amber Gray out front. I think having the two Tootsie co-stars together and two Oklahoma co-stars together could prove problematic. It doesn't always, but um, when there's not a clear, I mean, I guess Allie is kind of clearly. She's clear. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I understand the vote splitting argument. We've seen that yeah. before. I just like these women, Allie Stroker and Amber Gray, like their performances are so exciting. Yeah. They're yeah this is going to be a battle to the finish and I expect them to sort of divide up the awards throughout yeah. the season. Um, in featured actor, I am, I am nervous about vote, well, vote splitting in a way, but I feel like the top two are Andre DeShields and Patrick Page. I agree. Um, they are both veterans who have never won. Patrick Page has never been nominated. So congratulations, Patrick. He has deserved one for many other performances, but Andre DeShields, like we're talking about someone who is in the original production of like The Wiz and Eight Misbehaven, mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a Tony yet. And so there is definitely a huge contingent. I mean, if you watch the live stream, you heard the people like cheering for Andre. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it could be between those two for that award. I do too. I've had Patrick Page out front, and now I'm really questioning whether that is the right decision going forward. Um, but I think my final prediction will be between one of those two. Well, um, what is, because we can't talk forever here, so what is your uh, biggest surprise, the happiest surprise for you, and the biggest snub? Hmm. I mean, biggest snub, not that I'm most upset about, but we've talked about them, like not seeing Glenda Jackson's name. I know we were talking about it last night, and you floated that as a possibility. And I said, yeah, well, I guess it's... just very divisive. Yeah. You know? Still shocking to not see her on the lineup, especially with six nominees. That was a big snub. The ones that I'm most sad about though, I would say Joan Allen for Waverly Gallery. I loved that production and she was so good. Um, so that's that's one that I'm really um, upset about. How about you? Um, I guess Bonnie Milligan was a big one for me, mm. Head Over Heels. Um, I just think everyone's wrong about that production. It still remains like probably the most, in terms of fun, the most fun I've had in a theater this season. Mm. Um, and she is just a knockout. I was surprised Patrick Vale from Oklahoma did not get into featured actor. Yeah, actors. same. Featured actor, excuse me. Um, so I was surprised about that. For a happy surprise, I, you know, I wish I had stuck in my predictions, but Jeremy Pope times two. Yeah. Too proud and choir boy. Um, I mean, he's a star. Uh, he's going to be in lots of things coming up. He's going to really break through. So I'm yeah. happy for him. And also for Camille A. Brown, another choir boy. Yeah, that's right. For choreography. I thought she should have won choreography for 
once on this island and they didn't even nominate her. So I think it was nice to get her an IOU nomination yeah. there. The, yeah, they did really well actually this year with remembering quite a few shuttered productions in, in ways that were really nice. Although I will add another disappointment. Um, no Michael Urie or Mercedes Rule for Torch. Oh, Pond I know. Very disappointing. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Uh, but happy that it's represented in uh, Revival because it's yeah. very well-deserved nomination. Yeah, I loved that Revival. Um, Same. And I will say before we go, one of the cool things I noticed, I didn't have time to go through all of the design people, but mm. for in terms of playwrights, composers, book writers, actors, uh, and choreographers, there are, in those groups, there are 11 Broadway debuts recognized with nominations, and 31 of the nominations come from first-time nominees. Incredible. That's great. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of, like, new blood, uh, a lot of new people, some of them coming from off-Broadway and bringing that more, you know, experimental uh, or in-your-face quality to Broadway. So I think it's a great crop of nominees. Yeah, agreed. Well, everyone, make sure you hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell so you can keep up with the rest of our conversations that Dave and I have throughout the rest of the season. And stay tuned to Gold Derby as we keep you up to date on everything Tony Awards. Thanks, David. Thanks, Sam. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.